0: Hey, I just wanted to do a show uh, thanking the team for loading up and going out every day. You know, uh, barbecue competition and barbecue would not be where it's at without the teams. And, you know, uh, teams really go through a lot. You know, go out to a barbecue contest expecting good water and, and electric. And sometimes you go out and it works and sometimes you go out and it don't. And tough when you get in that big moment on Saturday and the power goes out because it's not set up strong enough. And you pull out and your money to go to a contest, and the team next door blast the music all night long. You know, when they're doing terrorist situations, one of the tools they use is loud music. And uh, but you know, there's always Friday night, and Friday night is a special te- time for the teams. You know, if you got a big RV or big 30-foot trailer and you go out and set up. You might have your wife and kids there or you might just have your little group of three or four buddies that go out and compete with you. Everybody's kind of sitting around. Some people are trimming their meat. Some people are seasoning. But at some point there is a break and it's a time of peace on Friday night before the storm of cooking gets ready to start and you forgot something you go to your neighbor, ask them to ask them to borrow whatever they want. Uh, Or you Just uh, Looking forward to talking to whoever your friend is out there uh, Every week hang out just a little bit And then comes getting the boxes ready And the Competition raises on. Then you turned in the best foods you possibly can, and you're expecting at least a top five or top ten finish, and turn out your 38th. You know, it's a hard day when you win your table in the largest sanctioned body in the world, and you still come out 38th. Or you go get your scorecard, and instead of two sixes or four nines, you've got a bunch of sevens and eights. You know, uh, there are people out there, the competition teams, that travel forty, fifty thousand 50,000 miles a year and spend forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year on barbecue competition. A lot of us wonder where they get the money from. And there have been teams that have spent that kind of money and never won a contest. And there are teams who competed in the largest sanctioned body in the world, spent that kind of money, and watched the same three or four teams win every week. I had a television producer, Called me today And He said That he worked As a person On Barbecue Pitmasters And He said They wanted to know Who was gonna win Before they started Filming the show I was Really shocked At that I was like Well damn No wonder KCBS Is kind of Behind the scenes On it But uh now everybody who got on Barbecue Pit, Pitmasters got promoted for that moment, but the producers had already chose the winner before they ever started the filming. And when you're a barbecue team, all that money to try to get there, you spend all that time and energy to load up all that equipment and all that stuff to get there and they already picked the winner out before you ever got there you know barbecue team when they start out the week they come in from the contest on Sunday some of them wash all their stuff at the contest but some of them wash stuff when they come in on Sunday and then Monday, they might take a day off, but Tuesday, they're out looking for meat, and they're trying to get the best brisket, ribs, and sausage they can or pork loin, ribs, and Boston buds. They're out there trying to get the $200 Wagyu. And they're trying to find out what combination of rubs sauces, what procedure to go through try to win that next week because their overall score was 24, twenty fourth fourth twenty first, and they go on the barbecue brethren trying to find somebody then they give them a gold nugget. And when out there at the contest, they're out there trying to hang around people that win so they can get them to give up something. You know, the worst case scenario I ever seen, and I won't call any names, but I had a champion call me and say that another guy who was a fairly big champion was trying to talk to him about brisket. So what he told him was The wrong thing And his brisket scores Continuously went down And I was really Disgusted by the betrayal Now It's based on money It is you know, you want to go out and win that $3,000 grand prize or that fake $10,000 grand prize that the ringer's been brought in so they don't have to pay it or the fake twenty-five dollars or $50,000 grand prize that the ringer's been brought in so they don't have to pay it. But you're out there trying To get in the barbecue game And be successful at it And The fact that The teams The hardest working people in America Barbecue competition is the hardest working sport In the world Now boxers when they're in training camp Will go in for six or ten weeks, work like crazy. Come out, they'll fight their fight, and then they'll take a year off or six months off. Barbecue competition teams are at it seven days a week, 365 days a year, cleaning up, spreading it back out trim, inject, rub, timeline. The X-factor of having your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, or for a certain friend that came with you on this cook. You got your money on the line. You used your electric bill, money and your water and your telephone bill money to go do this contest and everything's got to fall into place. But you got Park beside an old drunk who drinks at parties at the contest. He's not there to compete. He's just there to drink. This time around, you're going to have to contend with him. you got the man who's got the trailer. And his cooking is inside the trailer. Where you put the wood in actually sticks out the side of the trailer, and his whole cooking service and everything he's got is inside the trailer. And there's no way of doing what that man is doing in here. He could have a microwave. He can have electric skillet. Nobody can see what he's doing in that trailer. Now people think they can get away with it, but everybody talks and watch because if they could knock you out of that contest, you'll get the victory lap. So you can cheat, think you get away with it, but then all of a sudden. Doom doom on your door. Hey, we got a report. You seasoned your meat at home. People who are letting me film them, them trimming their meat. The KCBS told everybody to trim their meat at home. You got the guy who pulls up with the cooler and it shows the people checking meat, one cooler of meat, and then what he's gonna compete with is already rubbed and injected. It's been marinated for two days. is in a different cooler. Where in a sanctioned body well a sanctioned body gives you your meat. And all the teams brought their own meat for turn-in. But the unknown guy, he actually takes the meat and sanctioned the body gave it, cooks it. Comes a 32nd out of 40. You can go the Cosmo Q route. You can go the Butcher route. You can go the sucker Buster route. You can go the Plowboys route. You can go the chalk injector your injection. Or you can go to the not, no, no nonsense, nonsense, nonsense injector and talk to an injection. Or you can or make, you make it. your own injection. We're going to the. Yeah. Uh, American Roll, we know we've got no chance of winning. But it's going to be a good chance for us to promote our products. We're going to, to the Jack Daniels. We know we've got no chance of winning. But it'll be a good time. We'll have a great weekend. If you the American Roll, you got put in the Barbecue Hall of Fame the next week. I've been competing in barbecue for 25 years. I've only won two grand champions, and nobody even knows my name. But you lost a thousand dollars. You came home disgusted. You didn't even didn't start cleaning up till Monday. But you got everything cleaned, cleaned up. And by Tuesday, Tuesday, you're wanting to go back out. So you go on then and you start looking for meat. And then by Wednesday, you got your hopes built back up. And Thursday, you're going back out to the contest. And you go in there you're excited. This is another opportunity to show what we can do. And you work for those 48 hours. Thursday night, you come in and you have a, a good time. time. You drink margaritas and drink tequila. Everybody gets out there and dances and has a good time. It was probably about 25 of your hard on Thursday night out of 60 but then Friday comes around. You got to get yourself sobered up and get the hangover off because you know Friday night it's back on. So, Friday between 1 and 5, you trim on your meat and get it all in a good shape. Some of you will season it and put it in two, three, five gallon Ziploc bags. And you put it in your cooler, ice down, or else you'll put it in your big refrigerator if you got the big maxed out. You got one of those big 40 foot RVs you pull in with. You're, your contest weekend's a vacation anyway. But that fellow out there with them two 10s is freezing his ass off or hot as hell or, uh, well, for him it's a work weekend. Get all your stuff ready. 10 o'clock you put your two Boston butts on. And you go and you lay down from 10 to 4 a.m. Get up at 4 a.m. Put your brisket on. You start your timeline. Now, if you're smart enough, you got it down to once every 30 minutes from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. But at 8 a.m., you go every 15 minutes. And then about nine thirty you go every five or ten minutes. And if you got somebody reading your timeline and you got two people assisting the cook a four team four team four player team is an ultimate team. You got four players, two assistants, one cook and a timeline reader. You've got the team basics to win championships. The two assistants in the timeline here can keep the cook from missing a step. If you're an individual cook with two ten by tens or one ten by ten, you got to do it all yourself. Every move you got to try to remember yourself. Everything you do, you got to try to remember it yourself. But if you got four people. The two in a timeline reader can synchronize your every movement. The butt got up to one ninety. I meant this went to pull it at one eighty five cooker temperature dropped for some reason. I headed into the stall. It's three a m and I can't get the cooker hot. Trying to do low and slow But I'm so tired On Saturday morning I can't get my boxes together I got a stick burner And I left him out here To put wood in it Every 45 minutes And at 2.30am He went to sleep I came in At 4am and the cooker was cold I got to get one of those gravity flows so I can set it. If I could get a gravity flow with a barbecue guru, I wouldn't have to stay up all night. I got the gravity flow, but the juice is leaking into the insulation in the base of it. And it's got a creosote smell when the cooker gets up to 300 to 275 and it's going into my meat. I tried a different kind of charcoal, and I got a card back. said I got lighter fluid in it, and I don't have any lighter fluid with me. Well, that guy down there just got a big sponsorship with Oak Ridge Rubs. I can't seem to get any sponsorship. Seems like I go to a contest. Nobody even knows I'm there. I wish I could go to a contest, but I just don't have the money. A life of a barbecue team is hard. I did 30 contests this year. 15 of them were run by the same team. Then you got people standing around saying, Well, go to a barbecue school, learn how to cook. But you know, you know that you know what you turned in was as good as anybody in the country. But you know, on Wednesday night, you get this little feeling. You love the excitement, the acceleration the same time that you have at the barbecue contest, and you like going to the awards, you know? 20 people, 50 people, 100 people go to the awards, and they call out the winners, and you got a chance to win. And then after it's over, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. I hate to wait between the last turning at 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock. Well, to we'll fill in, we're going to do Big Papa's Battle at Barbecue Junction. Most of you go in and go to sleep in your big RV. 10 by 10 teams, they have to cook it out. Or they'll load up. You've got the family team that cooks once or twice, three times a year. Once a year. They're out there just having a big time the whole time. Not really no big music going on or no big party going on, but just a whole bunch of them sitting around. A couple of them drinking beer. Some of them drinking sodas. And they got their big homemade cooker in the middle. They took 32nd out of 40. Then you got your pro guys who come out every week. They competed 25 times this year. They won one grand. And that one grand was enough to keep them excited about it. And they could talk. Well, he won it this week, but I won it last week. I won it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they won seven straight. But I'll get them. I won it a month ago. And then you got the guy at the small sanctioned body. who quit the biggest sanctioned body in the world. He won a grand the first time out at the small sanctioned body. And I asked, said, why'd you leave the big one? He said, the same people won every week. The same people are saying, well, go learn how to cook. But they brought a ringer in so they wouldn't have to pay the big grand champion payout because it was $50,000 to drill 100 jeans. But the people running the contest never had $50,000 to pay the 100 jeans. The grand champion. But since they didn't have to pay that, the 100 teams all paid $350 apiece, and they still make $20,000. But once you get in that rhythm of cooking every week, you love it. You pull in on Thursday, night, or Friday with so much hope. You work hard. You get the smoke going. And there's that Friday night time of grace. That's just so wonderful. And then the Saturday Power Championship. The turn ins and the awards. I landed on table seven. The grand champion was on there and I beat him 1.2 points Then I landed on table 6 And one cook Gave me all 6's One judge gave me all 6's I landed on table 21 I took second place on that table But overall I took 22nd now I'd have won the whole contest if I had. To. It took twenty second in ribs. If I'd have just scored five higher, I'd have won the contest. I landed on table fourteen for my brisket, and I got all nines. But for one, some reason, this one cook gave me a seven. This judge gave me a seven. I was winning the contest until they gave me a seven. I was down in Lakeland, Florida at the Pig Fest. I was winning the contest by 21 points. And I was 1.5 seconds late got disqualified from the first return. You know, it's the drama she was going to take the box, but he was late. It's the politics. Guy Fieri came in, four contests out in his life, and won the American Roll. It's the pageantry. That same son of a bitch is on the front sign of the contest again. Stirring the shit. (laughs) Bunch of rednecks out there cooking, trying to win the same championships. And then you got Sterling Ball over here, paying the teams and paying the sanctioned body too. But you know what, folks? Teams get up every week. The teams get up and do their thing. You know, the teams make it possible for these people to make the contest, for these people to put millions of dollars in their pockets. The teams get up and do it every weekend, take what they could get, try to make the best out of it and try to get up the next week and do it again. They're the hardest working people in American sports. They're the hardest striving people, working hard to find that gold nugget that's going to turn their cook completely around. They're the hope and the frontier of a free America. The idea that an average person we're not talking about some genetically engineered person some person as a result of chemical they've got so many performance enhancing chemicals now growth hormones erythropoietin they can engineer athletes to do whatever Can be imagined But in barbecue It's average People With the American dream The dream The dream that's so far Removed from us now In our business lives The dream that You went out there with a 10 by 10 Or whatever smoking nothing And you competed and won and you used that money to buy the almighty gravity flow with a barbecue guru. You got the 25-foot trailer with the gravity flow on the back with your stainless steel in the middle and your sleeping quarters in the front with your 220 hookup your 120 hookup, your electric box, your counters, your three bowl sink, your seasonings, your rubs, your injections that you've used five or six contests to make them stronger, your propane torch that you start your charcoal with. Your cook shack that you actually have inside your trailer and nobody can see it, but they can smell it. It's only about 12 inches wide. It's up against the wall and you've got a smokestack out the top. Your different gadgets that nobody knows about. And unfortunately, if you bought one of them pair of pliers that you're going to pull the membrane off the back of them ribs, <laughs> you just got your ass ripped off. <laughs> Sometimes somebody's selling something strictly to fool you and make money. <laughs> Now, why the hell are you going to buy them clampy-looking pair of pliers to pull a membrane off the back of a rack of ribs, all right? Paper towel, buddy. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to win a contest, uh, maybe buying that $40 gadget is a waste of money. But if you got to land there, you feel like you've done all you can do to try to win I never have injected any of my barbecue. What the fuck? You want the Jack Daniels? I never injected any barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the funniest things uh, I've ever seen out there that happen. A uh, lot of things that I caught on camera was because I stood there and ran it the whole time, you know. I pretty much didn't put it down for the whole, some people say 24 hours, but it's more like 36 hours of a a contest. Uh, Been in Texas and tasted the chili turn-in. Been in Florida and tasted the margarita turn-in. Then in South Carolina and tasted the chicken wings. Then up on the hill and tasted the Jack Daniels. It's there for you to take a hold of. But Push. You have to logo. You have to uh, brand yourself. You have to buy the shirts. You have to do the embroider. You got to get the right shirts, the right colors, the right look. You have to wrap that trailer. You got to come up with your own rubs and sauces. And you got to actually use them at the contest so you can really truly claim that they're championship grade. You got to clean up. You got to catch up. You got to buy the best meat there is you got to learn the right process, the right glaze, the right finish, and the right way to keep it hot till you turn in. He's inside the trailer. He put his microwave, he put his competition box in the microwave. He put his meat in the microwave just before he put it in the competition box. He put butter in the bottom of his box real hot butter to try to keep it. You got DQ because he had too much juice in the bottom of the box. They found a piece of tinfoil or paper towel in the box. You sent the box out with tinfoil over the meat because you're trying to keep it hot to the last minute and you forgot to take it out. You used toothpicks to stick it through the chicken and you forgot to take them out. I figured out a new way of getting that thin skin bite through. But you forgot to put the rub under the skin. My wife and my brother-in-law couldn't come this week, so I did it by myself. And I came in 27. My power went off, and I had my electric knife working. And I couldn't use my electric knife knife, because I forgot my generator. And I took 40 seconds. The judges that came in looked like they were all pretty old. So I better watch out using too much heat. The judges that came in looked like they were all pretty young so I need to use a lot of sweet. The judges came in looked like they were mostly women. I better not use a lot of heat. Judges came in, they were a bunch of rough bikers. I put as much damn habanero in that shit as I could get, because I know they like it hot. I filled the box up with 16 ribs. I put two pounds of pork in my box. I put so much brisket in there, it'll feed 20 people. I get a bigger score, and better score, because they can eat all they want. I seen the judge over at that guy's camp, and he won the contest. I saw the judge, the organizer, and the rep At that guy's camp And he won the contest The founder The judges and the reps Stayed over his area the whole time And he won Team of the year I don't know why But I did good in three categories But this one category I got two sixes and four nines I don't get involved in that stuff. I don't talk politics about. I don't get involved in that. I did an interview at the Sam's Club with Rosie Caffarelli. And so I took dead ass last in pork. (laughs) But the Sam's Club said she had to fill out paperwork before they let her off. They had to make sure she was legitimate media. (laughs) What the hell? I was running to the turn in, I hit some water and I fell down, got up, turned my box in and won the category. I thought it was the worst brisket I ever made, and I took first place. I was cooking my brisket. Something went wrong, and it smelled like creosote, and I went outside, and I washed it off, and I started to say, I'm just not going to do that category. I went back in and reseasoned seasoned it and went ahead and did my cook. It might have been a tender quick that made it smell like that. And I won the category. Put too much tender quick on my brisket and the smoke ring went all the way through it. I was doing really good on my pork butts, but I didn't burp them. I let the steam stay in them while they were in the Cambro. When I took them out, they weren't nothing but mush. I quit using the Cambro because it's too aggressive. I could use a Yeti cooler, on one of those insulated coolers, instead of using the Cambro. And you take your Boston butt out of the can bro, sauce it, stick it back in the gravity flow, and set the glaze on a Boston butt. Then you chop it into the full pork. If you take out those tubes. Cut them up in sections and sauce them good. That ain't barbecue, that's bubble gum. Cut up them burnt ends in squares, tasted like it had applesauce on it. Somehow, they put apple flavor on them pieces of brisket bubble gum. Chopped brisket. Brisket chunks, brisket slices. I'm just turning in a big box of brisket slices. You don't put a whole lot of salt on brisket slices. You just put a little bit. Just put rub on the meat so you can see the meat through the rub. I don't really put a whole lot of rub on it. I let the the smoke flavor. Oh, damn, I took that ass last. My Boston bots really came out crazy. Oh, they came out crazy? How's that? They weren't done. (laughs) 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 Went in the judging room, looked at all the ribs, 70% of them weren't done. There was really only five teams that cooked it to a real good bite-through ton. And I was so surprised. There's this one guy down in Georgia that cooks backyard at Jack Daniels every year. And honest to God, he made the best ribs, some of the best ribs I ever ate. The absolute best ribs I ever ate was Bubba Q, Bubba Latimer. He absolutely cooks the best ribs in the United States. Of course, I haven't tasted everybody's. But he not only cooks the best ribs, he cooks the prettiest ribs I've ever seen. There's been so many good people that I've met and did interviews with that were just striving as hard as they could to accomplish that goal, that one magic moment when your name is called last. You might have pulled in Thursday night, drank the margaritas, drank the beer, had the good time, got out there and had a good time. Got up on Friday, got your act together, cooked the whole contest, did your turn-ins, did the cooks' meeting, played the politics, tried to be nice to your neighbor, and you went to the awards and you're sitting there you can think of all the reasons why you should have won everybody there is just wanting an equal chance and then they come out and you're hoping so bad 10th plays ribs Let's see now. How'd it go? Tenth place, ribs. Uh, What's the name of that team? I forget. Tenth place, chicken. Tenth place, Boston bus. Tenth place, brisket. And the grand champion is the four-time 10th place winner. You're sitting there, and the man won first place chicken, second place ribs, fourth place pork, but didn't get a call in brisket. Some man who didn't get one call had 11th place chicken, 12th place ribs, 11th place Boston Butts, and 13th place brisket. Won the whole thing. And you're sitting there, he never even got his name called. Where the hell did he come from? <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting there. Team got third place chicken, and that's all. That's all the calls they got. And so you're thinking, well, uh, Everglades seasoning won it.
1: And a reserve
0: grand champion is Everglades seasoning. What the hell? Everglades seasoning. They should have won this thing. And the grand champion is, what the hell? How could they have won? I I, what? I don't understand what happened here. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're sitting there watching. Here comes all these pretty good teams. You're like, well, if I look across there, I think he's going to win it. Oh, shit. Here comes Jimmy Brode, never great season. All bets are off. Jimmy Brode gonna win it. I never went to a contest where Jimmy Brode competed, but he wasn't in the top five. Jimmy Brode works on plane motors, and the only reason he's not the number one name in barbecue worldwide, he don't compete enough. But when he does compete, everybody better park the ocean. He's got a chance of winning it. He will place. He will place. You know, it's like that music you hear when the big champion comes out. When you see that great big old Everglades season 40-footer RV trailer come pulling out. You may as well write it down. Something big. You know, the funniest thing he ever did, and I wish I could have put together the show better. We went to Venice, Florida, and there was a police officer out there. He's a nice guy that was talking all kinds of smack about he was going to beat Jimmy Bros in Big Public Battle at Barbecue Junction. And we all said Everglades season is going to win Big Public Battle at Barbecue Junction. And Jimmy Bro came out there with his big cowboy hat on, and he played this song, "You Don't Go Shitting in the Big Dog's Yard." That was funny as hell. He <laughs> said, "You don't." Uh, he says in the song, he says, "The have gone too far. You don't go shitting in the big dog yard." <laughs> now the police officer was pretty, pretty big bodybuilder. So I was hoping they wouldn't get in the fight. Jimmy Bro got four hundred pounds. They would have got over. I don't know what would have happened. But uh, um, Jimmy Bro beat me and set it down. And there was conciliatory talk after it was over. But uh we went to the finals, Jimmy Broad and eight and I figured Jimmy Broad had it but Big Green Egg uses mint gel. <laughs> and it was so fancy and it was so good. If they had to put that mint gel in the Big Green Egg box, that wouldn't one shit. But when I looked in and seen the big green, the green gel there, it just made the box look like some kind of big culinary. <coughs> hell yeah, super mega! Uh, that was one time the big dog. Got set down. I will tell you this: they fried some crawfish out of the contest. First time I ever met Jimmy Brody, and never seen him again. And that was absolutely. The best. Oh, and the best I ever ate in my whole life. It's a great season. You know, if one of the competition teams in every area in the United States in the four corners was well, over to everybody. They've got a competition rug now. They've got all the different types of rubs. And you hit it. You do a Johnny Trigg. And Johnny Trigg's chick was to lie about what you're using and you set out famous day's barbecue sauce in front of your trailer like you're using that. So what you do is you buy the whole line of somebody's stuff and you never open it. Get a table, put it out in front of your trailer. Set it out there like you're using that. And then you go in with your Everglades and use Everglades on everything. Here's a winning combination for you. Everglades regular, cactus dust. An Everglades competition rather in combination or a Boston butt. You put them three on there, you're going to place. Inject with Butchers. Uh, well, we thank you. World Championship grade injection. Thank you, Butcher. Cosmo. Cosmo has put an extra ingredient in in his injection. Butcher and Cosmo are not the same. Butcher is pure meat flavor for whatever level meat you're on. Except for he's got chipotle and honey in some of his injections, but he lets you know it's in there. Inject with Butchers and use that Everglades seasoning combination. And figure out what combination of Everglades to put on your chickens and ribs. Call Jimmy Broden and ask him. You will dominate that sanctioning body until they figure out what you're doing. I don't know what it is about Everglades seasoning. I haven't really talked about them in a while. But they're not paying me nothing. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, It's a winner. And down in Florida, all the teams that know anything, know. Everybody pulls in, you better bring your A game. That goes for a lot of the cooks, though, in Florida. You know, for for one sanctioned body, now in Texas, you got big man who's won it seven or eight times in a row. That does it as a family getaway. he's out walking his dog and just having family time nobody he doesn't want anybody to know his name uh they got they probably got four or five teams now the i b c a has so many contests that I don't think they really butt heads that often uh Jennifer Campbell's contest. True, a lot of them names in together where they butt heads. Uh, but in Florida Barbecue Association, folks, you got World Championship Cooks, Big, big Papa Dana Hillis, Rogue Bagby, uh, Everglades Season, Jimmy Bode. Uh, Sweet Smoke Q, Jim Elser, uh, Bud Meister, Matt Barber, Hot Wachulas. I tell you, Bud Meister is a badass cook. Uh... Brad K. and his wife, uh, some of the top cooks in the United States. There are so many barbecue shows up down there. Uh, Myra Mixon shows up down there. When the contest is fully loaded with the top cooks in the FBA, it is the number one competition in the United States. It is the absolute number one. And all these guys around the country with big mouths that are getting the contest rigged for them, better not pull that trashy little trailer down in there. Because them boys in the FBA going to send them home crying. Shoot, I challenge Iowa Smokey D, uh them teams that were sponsored by Sterling Ball. I challenge all of them to pack in there in the middle of them FBA guys. It'll be like them getting put in the center of a dog pit. By the time they get ready to go, they're gonna get chewed all the hell. I'm not talking about no damn sunny invitational either. I'm talking about Perry, Florida. I'm talking about those contests around Orlando. I'm talking about pulling in down there by the swamp where they got those moss covered trees and those Florida Barbecue Association trailers pulled in there beside them trees in the lowdown. You can't cook with them boys. You cannot cook with them boys. Let's get it straight. You bunch of punk ass motherfuckers can't cook with them boys. When the judge is straight in the FBA and the honesty's in, all you little punk ass motherfuckers are gonna get something crying. (laughs) (laughs) I've been around them all. I know. I know. Dana Hillis is putting stuff in his box to make yours look like a cracker box. Dana Hillis builds the most beautiful boxes in the United States. Bar none. Holy smokes. uh, Dion, Lanton, and Gary Lanton. They build the best green turf in a box. Gary Lynn is an expert at putting the greens in a box. I've never seen anybody manicure greens like Gary Lanton can. He might be number one in the world at it. He's got a pair of tweezer scissors trimming it. You got the guys out there who will trim a box, put it in wax paper, freeze it. And then when it's time to do the box, take it out, put it back in the box, and then set your stuff on it so they can trim all the boxes the night before. You know... So much work, so much time and effort, the majesty of barbecue competition is built on the backs of barbecue teams. No team out there has ever rigged a contest. No team out there has ever been able to cheat in the judging room. Every team that lines up in the field out in front of the judging room is asking for truth, justice in the American way. It's the one place that we can prove that America is still the land of freedom and honesty. It's the one place in America that we can get it right. So today, all you barbecue teams out there, hold your head up and be proud. Fly the American flag. Stand up and feel good about what you're doing. Take a bath, get your hair cut, dress with dignity, act responsibly, and try to be somebody. You know you might not have ever played sports. You might not have ever been the champion. But when you load up that 10 by 10 that Weber Smoky Mountain and you go out there on that competition line, you have the opportunity to prove that you are somebody. And it doesn't matter if you weigh 500 pounds or if you weigh 150 pounds. And it doesn't matter if you have diabetes or a bodybuilder. Everyone that stands on that line cooks the meat Puts up the 10 by 10, opens up the RV, and cranks his smoker up. It's supposed to justifiably have an equal chance to be the last name called. Be vigilant. Look at your scorecards. Look at what other people got. Share. Talk about the results. Try to find inconsistencies. Try to find problems so you can figure out if that jackass in the sanction body is screwing you because whether you know it or not, that jackass is at your mercy. You don't show up. They ain't got nothing. The teams run the business not the contests, and not the sanctioned body. And all you have to do to any sanctioned body that raise contests is stop going. There are 60 sanctioned bodies in the United States now. The people in Europe could easily turn over to any of those sanctioned bodies. There's no reason why... The St. Louis Barbecue Society doesn't have the same opportunity for the Florida Barbecue Association to go over to Europe and take all them contests over because they're rigged. There's no reason. It's all in the teams banding together and demanding correctness. And if the teams band together and they demand correctness, and it's not delivered, then the teams that band together need to move to another sanctioning body. I believe that out there in the United States somewhere there are well-organized people with a good sanctioning body that could head up a real national circuit. All you have to do is figure out who it is. The Florida Barbecue Association is the best sanctioned body as long as they got the right people handling the scores. It is the best sanctioned body in the world. It is. The people who set up the Florida Barbecue Association knew and did what they did. The, F- the IVCA is the most solid construction for no cheating but they like the categories. But the IBCA is in second place, clearly. Memphis Barbecue Network is actually the pro league. Memphis Barbecue Network is the highest level of barbecue competition in the world. People shouldn't be able to afford to go cook a barbecue competition at, at pro- Highest level I couldn't go buy a NASCAR And go out there and compete I couldn't even afford the motor A person shouldn't be able To go out every week On a top level national circuit And afford the meat And the cookers To accomplish that That's why the NBN Memphis Barbecue Network Is the number one Barbecue competition sanctioned body in the world, and they have been stomped on by KCBS. The Memphis Barbecue Network has no business communicating, associating, or working with the Kansas City Barbecue Society in any way, in any way. They should never even communicate with them. KCBS has so many slick ways of communicating that MBN is too expensive. But I got news for KCBS. They're a lousy backyard contest. Even their highest pro league contest is a lousy backyard. It's not championship barbecue. It's not. Memphis Barbecue Network is world championship barbecue. You've got to be a bad ass man to go in there and cook 20 racks of ribs, eight shoulders, and two hogs every weekend. And, I mean, get them right, get them high and tight, get them to Mark West, Myron, Wixon, Myron Mixon, uh, Victory Lane Barbecue, Boar's Night Out, Alan Smith, uh, uh, swine, Sweet Swine of Mine, Melissa Cookson, Let me tell you something, folks, natural-born grillers, nobody, 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 no damn buddy, no one can cook barbecue better than the highest-level Indian cooks. They They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it just the sheer poundage and the amount of work it takes to do an NBA contest is going to distinguish the cooks. Myron Mixon can cook anything and win any contest. Myron Mixon, Melissa Cookson, Sweet Swine of Mine, uh, Chris Lilly. Alan Smith, Victory Lane, Heath Rawls. Now as far as the full category contest, Florida Barbecue Association is the baddest one. But when it comes to championship world class, the highest level barbecue contest in the world. You big mouth assholes you better bow down to one damn thing. Memphis Barbecue Network and Memphis in May is the absolute baddest-ass contest to ever be assembled. Lonnie Smith. Lonnie Smith is a world-class Cook Rescue smokers Are world class Cooks If anybody in the NBN That's a champion that I didn't name I apologize But for all you do Barbecue superstars Salute you If God can make a way To give me the ability, only God can do it, I would crack thunder from heaven and I would bring in sponsorship to the NBA, the FBA, and the IBCA that they could dominate worldwide all championship level barbecue. I wish and pray that I could bring $10 million into the NBN so they could set up their promotion, offer the kind of prize money. All the NBN needs is 25 contests set across the four corners of the United States. And people from Europe and Australia and different areas can fly their ass in to to try to compete with the best in the world. And we could set up a world championship circuit and everybody else in the lower sanctioned bodies could try to qualify at the 20 contests. And then we'll have a five or six quarterfinal, semifinal world championship, world championship. And all they cook is pork, ribs, whole hog, and shoulders. And I'm not sorry for that at all. South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, where barbecue started, in September they hung a whole hog in the tree. And they... Made a a pig picking that was family wide or community wide, and all this stuff else. Brisket came out of Texas because of the the black family, and they deserve their respect. But they can promote all those other meat industries and in all the lower sanctioning bodies. But when it comes to the pinnacle and the world championship level, you're going to have to get in there and cook a little pork, fellas. And I'm not talking about a little bitty of piece of pork over here. I'm talking about three whole hogs, 12 shoulders, and 30 racks of ribs to win that world championship. And only the NBM can deliver that. Power structure of barbecue competition needs to be straightened out. When somebody pulls on an NBM contest, they ought to do it with reverence and honor because I got news for you. That's where it all started. The rest of these sanctioned bodies around the NBN are knockoffs. They're all knockoffs. The MBN, the the sanctioned bodies that are the strongest, all of them came out of the MBN. Now, IBCA is a different animal, and Lynn Shivers did her own thing down there based on the black tradition, blacks barbecue. But their contests don't match up to an MBN. I don't know if it will ever work out for me to do anything like that, for me to be the catalyzing event. But I will tell you this. You can write it down. The best cooks in the world cooking barbecue right now live around a mile circle in Memphis. Memphis is the home center Of championship barbecue. It is. I went to a Memphis and May contest. And on Friday. It snowed in the morning. It got to 95 degrees. Around lunchtime. It rained. And then it got windy. I stood there that day. We were at the fairgrounds or the parking lot of the Coliseum rather than out at the Mississippi River because it flooded. I stood there this, that day and I said, how could it snow in the morning and get 95 degrees by lunch and then rain? It did all four weather patterns within one day. And i tell you why. It's the center of the universe for barbecue. You're at the vortex of the center of the universe. You're at the pinnacle top edge of the universe. And every other sanctioned body around it is a knockoff those people who came together started Memphis in May and then started the NBN and then went back to Memphis in May and all the back and forth was the most special time in world barbecue history Mike Mills is an unbelievable figure and there was a man uh John Willingham, he actually had the patent on offset cooking back when all that was being formed when the National barbecue Association founder, Kel Phillips dad. Gave Mike Mills that silver dollar, the universe was moving. Those few things together, when they happened, were just about like when America decided to start fighting with the British. That was our start of barbecue, and everything stems from there. Competition in barbecue was born there. Those fellows were all part of it, the origination of the barbecue nation. And I pay homage to them. I respect them. And never shall be another sanctioned body created that will ever compare to them. It doesn't matter how much the Illuminati supports the evil people who are rigging contests. When it comes down to the best cooks in the world, if they all go to any contest with any sanctioned body, I hate it for the other cooks because they're going to turn in the best food that's going to be made. Well, I salute all the barbecue cooks. and. I know I've said a lot of stuff that will mean a lot to a lot of people. If you're out there, you're struggling, you're trying to compete, you're trying to get your stuff together, you like it. It is there. You can even use the worst sanctioned body in the country and still get there. But it's about the way you act and what you do when you pull on the contest. Cut your damn hair, take a bath, shave. Get yourself some shirts. <clears throat> Decide on a logo. Pay to get a logo made. Put logos on all your stuff. Always strive to get that gravity flow in the barbecue guru. You ain't going to do worth a damn unless you do it. Unless you're an M B N cook, you can't even use it. I'm talking about the lower sanctioning bodies. Keep up with your stuff. You have to keep buying knives and you have to keep buying stuff. You're never going to get anywhere. Try to get a set of knives that you use for 10 years. Try to get a consistent cook. Be consistent. Be consistent. Change one thing, but don't change the whole thing. Decide on your products and stick with them. Change one along the way, but don't change them all. Get a timeline going. Got to write down your timeline. You got to get it 30 minutes until you get to the last hour, and it's every five minutes. Or the it was, it was hour before the last hour, every 15 minutes, and then every five minutes champions have timelines you got to get four people some of you winning out there with a man wife team if you got four people who are committed you got a better chance husband and wife teams got a better chance they all got better chances i love every one of you i love my time out there it costs too much for me to travel. I can't afford to spend 400 to to $1,000. A trip out to Las Vegas or California cost me $3,000, $4,000. I can't afford to do all of it. Uh, I enjoyed it while I was there. I learned barbecue to the greatest extent because I was around every sanctioning body and uh, I'm very attentive and learned fast and uh, it's a lot of work if you stay consistent drive hard present yourself well you will be successful there will probably never be another Marvin Nixon there is something special about him like Michael Jordan But you can strive to get there. You can get your own corner for the area that you're in. Ways to make money, barbecue restaurant, catering, vending, sauces, rubs. If you get famous enough, shirts, T-shirts, hats, come up with a gadget. Try to invent your own something something to go on a gravity flow, something to go on a something, a light. I don't know. That's that's your creativity. If you're out there in the competition every week, you don't realize everything you're getting exposed to. There's more information about cook-a-barbecue coming your way, and the gadgets and the and the stuff that you'll be exposed to will make you. They'll make you. Listen, pay attention. You can play a little bit, but you need to pay attention. Don't let stuff drift by you without, oh, wait a minute. Let me catch that. Because you never know when you caught that. That's not going to change the whole equation. I can say one thing for the Barbecue comp, uh Cooking Channel. When I did the comparison of injections, that was a huge moment. I got that video on there. It really changed my perception and what is the reality of injections. It changed it. So I, uh, there are moments like that that you'll be exposed to. You got to catch it have a hold of it. You can be a Chris Lilly. You can be a Melissa Cookson. You can be John Wheeler of Natural Born Grillers. You can you can attain that. You can. But when you go out there it's seventy or eighty five percent business and fifteen percent play. And your play is you took a moment out to do this or do that, and you stop and talk for a little bit. But really, when you hook up that trailer and you pull out to the contest, your whole time is a timeline. What are you going to do with your timeline? If you're a good enough competition cook somebody looks at your stone in the graveyard your cemetery stone the best thing the best thing that you could have printed on the back of it in your four category competition timeline or your one timeline with all four categories on it. Cause once you're dead, you pass away, the cooking process was important. But your timeline, just like defense in the NBA or defense in any sport, your timeline will win the game. This is Daryl from Barbecue Superstars. I love every one of you